Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the Ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined by. Hello, I am Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be a compare and contrast between high school anime and college slash workplace anime. We combine college and workplace together simply because there is unfortunately not enough to distinguish between those two, even though, in my opinion, and probably for the girl, other girls as well, now that we have gone through college and uh, worked full-time, can attest to the fact that it is quite different stages of our lives. But unfortunately, there just isn't enough for us to make, make them into a separate category to be a sort of three-way comparison. So instead, we have a two-way comparison of high school life anime as well as college and workplace life anime namely to talk about you know what are the pros and cons of each what can you see in one that you can't see in the other that you enjoy and you know vice versa so with that being said i shall pass the baton to you isabel because you are starting us off this week you know in regards to high school versus college and workplace anime uh, what are some compares and contrasts you have come up with in regards to what you enjoy in each of them and what you don't enjoy in each of them as well on, uh, as well as your examples to uh you know explain to us <laughs> yeah totally like you said Finding college anime is difficult. I, When I was in college, I was trying to find college-themed anime because I wanted to see you know, characters who were just like me going through college, um, but I didn't find that too much. So it, it didn't matter too much. I feel like it was only a phase in my life that I was trying to find that. Uh, but you know, I just went back straight to whatever was airing, like those high school, um, high school shows. So I was totally fine with that. And what I, the biggest difference I see is that um, clubs are a big thing in high mm, school. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of anime are surrounding that. So, and actually, I even, you know, I watched anime in middle school as well. So, as a middle schooler, watching anime that are based on high schoolers, it just made me more excited to join clubs and things like that. And, you know, what I expect from a club. Of course, Japanese clubs are very different from uh, our clubs here in America, at least, I feel like. I feel like they have a more very closely, or at least like very put together types of clubs that they meet regularly and things like that. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a different, depends on your school too, but at least my school, it was kind of, you're either there or not, and it didn't feel as um, very friendly um, as uh, the animes that I did watch. The one I do want to highlight, though, that really sold me on clubs and what high school life is about is uh, Hyoka. I don't know if either. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, they the there in Hyoka they have a classics literature club. Um, that's a club I probably wouldn't join, but Oriki, the main character, joins this club because he he he's just told to do it by his sister. Otherwise, he wouldn't have joined a club anyway. Um, but yeah, him and then there are other three members in the club as well. Uh, the cap, uh, the the president of the club, Eru, is like in curious about everything. So, for a classic literature club to be kind of a more like a mystery solving club, I thought that was uh, very different from other shows. Like this is not the real purpose of a club, but I guess that's what that's what they're gonna do. And 
I feel like that's a great highlight um, for anime, at least based in high school, because they're they're in a club, but they focus on the mysteries that other clubs and other students are experiencing. So in high school, I feel that you're very involved uh, with other people and other clubs, or even like if somebody's on the sports team and things like that. Um, even one of the characters, Ibarra, I think is her name. She kind of spends her time uh, split between the manga club and classic literature. And it's because she simply has interest in both, which I thought was very cute because I also could relate to that in high school, at least, where I joined multiple clubs based on what I was interested in. And there were a tons of clubs that I could kind of slot my time into, like Monday, go to this club, Tuesday, go to this club. So it's not as like structured as other clubs would be where, you know, you would just join that one club and stay in that club, which is what um, Kyoka is about. They just stay in that one club, even though they might have other clubs, but most of the events happen in that club. And then they, you know, the the characters are drawn to what they're doing in that club. Um, but yeah, that's my first example for the high school. I feel like there's a ton of high school anime, though. Uh, do you guys think the same? Like, there, there's so um, many. Oh probably. yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's way too. I think it's also because everyone in Japan has to go through high school or middle school at the very least, but not everybody goes to college. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So that's why the high school genre is so prevalent in manga and anime culture because usually most people have already graduated from high school or gotten close to it with middle school, depending on, you know, family circumstances and things like that. So it's a lot easier to market it versus college is a lot more niche. And it's the same way in America, too. There's so many movies about, like, teenagers making their debut on their 16th birthday or, you know, zombie things, and they happen when you're 16. And there's not really a lot of college material kind of stuff. Uh, another thing I did want to uh, respond to you, Isabel, is you said that you feel like they take our clubs in Japanese anime seem to be a lot more structured and seem to be taken a lot more seriously. And that is actually quite accurate. So from my understanding, and I'm guessing this is kind of similar across Asia based on what I know, obviously, of China, as well as what, you know, my South Korean friends have told me about South Korea as well, is that clubs in high school, they don't act the same way as clubs here in the U.S. do, because in a way, our clubs here kind of boost our resume into college because, you know, colleges here, they are not completely dependent on grades. They're actually... A lot of uh, emphasis is put on your responsibilities and your activism in high school. So, you know, depending on how well you perform in the clubs, whether you are an officer or whether you want awards for them and stuff like that, those are huge boosts on your college resume. And so for that reason, the sort of more when I say serious, I would say like the more heartwarming sort of familial feel of clubs that, you know, anime portrays. That's not as prevalent here in the U.S. because it's all there's almost like a professional stance to it in regards. To, it's either very messy and lax or if there's a professional stance to it because you're using it to add to your college. But uh, colleges in Asia are a lot more dependent on grades. They do not care as much about your club performance, whether you were an officer, whether you did this or that per se. And so for that reason, clubs are allowed to feel a lot more familial, a lot more like you really found your friends in that club sort of situation that anime really likes to portray. So 
I, well, I mean, I hope that was what you were wondering and I answered your question in regards to that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for more background on that. I, you know, I knew that that was kind of the reason, but I wasn't exactly sure. And, um, and the thing that you, you said also about clubs being lax versus, I guess there are more intense clubs too, right? That are going for like competitions or things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are definitely more intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely think the U.S., like at least for me, from my experience in high school, the clubs were on like complete different ends of the spectrum. You were either in a very, very intense club where the whole point of it is for you to win things and go to competition and to boost your college resume or you're in one of those super duper lax clubs where there's absolutely zero structure. And sometimes you, you don't go for like a month and you go in and you're like, oh, it still exists, you know, sort of thing. So uh, and there's not there's nothing in the middle that is both structured, but also not really professional to the sense that you're here to gain something out of it. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, their club, they solve mysteries. It, it doesn't feel like a real mystery because usually when you think of mysteries, you think of, oh, some, somebody killed someone and we're going to figure this out. And I feel like that's a more of a series that people like when they've matured and it's more for an older uh, audience. Mm -hmm. And um, But these mysteries are exactly what you kind of expect high schoolers would be interested in at mm -hmm. that time, which I think is really cute. Like, why did the film club make this? Like, how did this happen? Or I think there's this one incident in the show where it's called the Jumanji incident, uh, where this uh, person is stealing random things from clubs, and they're trying to get to the bottom of why they're stealing these things and setting up little note cards and things like that. And and then they use like the play of word, play on words, and how the letters start, and that's how they like figure out the mystery behind that. So even though it seems like you know very simple or like things that aren't really mysteries per se. They make it, they, they turn into like a whole episode and all get all these characters involved. So Hyoka to me was uh, very memorable in that, it, you know, every every instance where Oreki does not want to solve anything, er, Eru kind of forces him to, and they just, they just do a deep dive on it until they, until they resolve what they, uh, the mysteries uh, that they come up with. So, yep. That is all I have for Hyoka. I can move on to my college slash workplace one. Yeah, so, you know, obviously clubs aren't really a thing in, uh, in college. Or I guess clubs would be a thing in college, but in regards to workplace anime, clubs definitely wouldn't be a thing. So I, I, what's something in that stage of people's lives in regards to anime that you see that you like that obviously can't be captured in like a high school anime? Yeah, the thing I thought about was I actually came up with The King's Avatar. I thought that was a good representation of college. Not really college, but like I would say like quote unquote like working class because it's based on professional esports. Okay. And a lot of these people in professional esports, um, some of them are actually still college age. I would say late teens, 18, 19 through early 20s. So I think that's a perfect space. And The King's Avatar was at least... Uh, more, I liked it a lot because it it talks about professional esports and then uh, really gets into the uh, game as well. And that's kind of what I was obsessed with in college, outside of school, actually. So I joined uh, my own uh, the gaming club at my school, um, which is surprisingly how I also met our overlord. 
Uh, that <laughs> oh, that's but, how you met him. <laughs> yeah, it, it was through a gaming event because I was interested in games. And after joining so many clubs in high school, I just thought in college, I just want to join what I actually want to join, not for a college resume, uh, not join all these different clubs that I, I can slot into every single day just because I have classes at, throughout college, like random times of the day. So I can't always make it to a club. Not only that, I have to bike home or drive back to my apartment, so it takes a while. Um, but yeah, the, the gaming club was one of the clubs that I actually enjoyed and I met more people through and um, also just participate in competitions. So, and during that time, at least League of Legends uh, to, had a lot of um, tournaments. And so that's kind of what the King's Avatar reminded me of. Um, kind of people just hanging out online, um, playing games, and also they kind of know each other as the players as well. Geishu is the main character, and he he actually, it's never actually stated if he, like his call, whether or not he like finished college, I feel like. He probably must have, because I think when he starts the series, he's about like 25. He's kicked off his um, old professional team. And he just goes straight to a gaming cafe right across the street and uh, decides, to, decides to start working. So it's kind of like his uh, first job uh, other than a, being a professional esports player. Um, and I think it's hard to see esports as an official job, but a lot of it is nowadays. I wouldn't think of it, you know, maybe like 10, 15 years ago. It wasn't, it wasn't as um, like a profession as it is today. Um, so... For him, he kind of went into the gaming cafe and just asked the boss lady there, hey, give me a job. Just uh, uh, if you'll provide me with, you know, a place, uh, then I will work for you. Uh, and I think it's funny, though, because he works there, but he's also playing the game more often than not than actually manning the desk and trying to help customers to their uh, gaming stations or cafe stations, I would say. Um, yeah, there's this one instance where he's playing the game and he doesn't really want to work. Um, but he like try to make tries to make it work like he serves the customers and things like that, but still goes back to his desk at the front and tries to play the game. So I think it's a balance between working and still gaming, but he's also interacting with all these characters that are still kind of like in the early phases. He also even interacts with a college student who's about to graduate, but you know he's trying to choose his place in life. Like, should he go into gaming or should he continue with his graduate studies? So I think that is a decision that some esports players actually have to make, and some of them actually drop out after one or two years if they do make it big um, in esports, at least. But yeah, that's kind of like the like little bit about the King's Avatar, and then kind of like workplace, and also but per, like gaming altogether. Um, have you guys ever like looked into esports or watched esports at all, or what are your thoughts on it? I have a feeling Gracie didn't watch it. So. Yeah, please <laughs> take, take this away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I did watch King's Avatar. I really liked it. Um, but I think I liked the live action a lot more than the anime. Um, just because I felt like the, the dialogue in the live action for King's Avatar was better than the anime. Although I do have to say the anime did a really good job of kind of honing on the fact that our main character after he gets kicked off of the esports team he kind of gets slammed into the reality of i have to kind of be a working adult in addition as he said isabel to playing games on the side and building his own new team as well mm -hmm. i think there was one scene in the opening episodes of the anime where after he gets 
kicked out from his old job and he goes to the cafe and gets the new job as the manager he kind of looks at the manager and he's like what are hourly wages and how do i like make a bank account saving mm, yeah and she's like what in the world are you talking <laughs> about that was like a slap in the face of like adult real life things that he has to do because when he was working at the esports company he was contracted for his work and because it's a massive like conglomeration they usually have like financial advisors that would you know deliver the money to your bank they don't have to count like all the wages and stuff like that because they are famous enough that they don't need to you know penny pinch to pay bills and things like that so right exactly but now that he is here on his own and has to like scounge enough money because he no longer has like, a credit card or anything he really has to understand like what the real world looks like and i think that kind of perspective is definitely not something that a normal high schooler would have to go through so I guess is is it sort of the experience of esports or is it more of the experience of working real life that you guys really like in King's Avatar? It's both. So in King's Avatar, it starts off like Isabel said, he gets kicked out of a massive conglomeration of esports, which is, you know, his hobby. It was his game. He's like an athlete, right? In this sense, if you want to think about it, you know, like an athlete for NFL. But being kicked off means that you have to form your own independent group, figure out how to do more funds and savings, and then also enjoy and play the game at the same time. It's a hobby, but it's also a massive investment. And they have to, there's like multiple characters that they meet throughout the story that will end up being new teammates, like putting together like an athletic team. And then also people who are helping with like sponsorship, people who are helping with promotion, people who are helping with, you know, securing deals and stuff like that too. So it is a combination of work and play that is in King's Avatar. And it feels very realistic to how a lot of people in the esports community, like big pro gamers who are like actual athletes, also come out and they're like, wait, what do I do with my life? How am I supposed to get my life together? Do I make my own team? The wait, that's a lot of hard work, you know? So that's kind of like where I, it, the King's Avatar kind of lays for a lot of people. I see. Okay. Yeah, it's, I, so this one, obviously I can't really comment on since I'm just not interested in sports. And so, and then additionally on top of that, I could care less about, um, I could care less about games as well. So you're combining two things that I really don't care about. So it's just. I tried I tried to get as close as I could to make you understand through like the NFL side, at least, you know, what an NFL player yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? No, I, I definitely know <laughs> okay, about yeah, the sports. It's more like I also don't care about sports. <laughs> so that was a really interesting choice for me. But uh, yeah, so okay. I think I understand now what you're talking about in regards to King's Avatar. Is, uh, is there anything else, I guess, that you would want to point out in regards to these more sort of mature, uh, more adult phase stories that you feel like high schools miss out or um or is that it yeah uh, i guess it's more focus uh, like on the older themed or college theme and there might be a more focus on one thing only mm, um, i see okay now if you talk about sports i can only talk about maybe like run with the wind that's a college one or mm-hmm. i watched this other one the sports one i think it was like cheer donchi like cheer cheerleading oh yes boys. i remember that mm-hmm. um yeah, so those were just like focused on only, only the sports it felt, itself. I feel like like I barely feel like they went to school, honestly. <laughs> um, so I wish they had more of that. You know, I'm watching. I feel the, that. Yeah, right. Like I want to see more of you guys actually going to class. 
and trying to get into relationships or going to clubs and things like that. But no, it's just like about the sport, which is totally fine. I still, you know, like the series, but yeah, I wish it had more of that real life feel to it because in college you learn a lot more yeah. responsibilities and things mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. makes sense. Alrighty then. Well, I think it is now your turn, Agnes. Agnes, I know you chose this topic and just based on our prior uh, prior conversations, I also know for a fact that you prefer college and work life sort of uh, stories more than you do high school. But regardless, this is a compare and contrast. So, uh, you know, you can start off with either high school or, you know, um, college and work life anime. But, uh, you know, which one what is something that has stood out to you in that stage of life of anime? that, you know, can't be replicated in the other one? And, you know, why is it, uh, why do you like it? And why is it important to you? <laughs> For sure, yeah. So one thing, so probably a lot of people already know that I'm not the kind of person that watches high school anime. It doesn't really spark my interest. I've never been super interested. I think it's a little bit too vanilla for my taste. Um, but the one high school anime that I think kind of stood out to me that was close enough that I could see as more realistic in terms of high school was the daily lives of high school boys. Oh, yes, sir. That was really and... funny. I remember that because ever since you told me about that, I will just randomly remember that scene you talk about and just want to laugh. So, and which which scene is it? There's no, a lot of scenes, Gracie. Putting on like the girls' clothes, and only one of them actually put it on. Oh, classic. So. The absolute classic. So the reason why I want to highlight daily lives of high school boys is we all know in a Japanese high school, it's like, you know, students go to class, they do tests, they go to clubs like Hyoko, for instance, right? But the one thing that they kind of neglect from high school anime is the fact that there's sometimes a sheer kind of lunacy that goes through high school kids' brains, especially kids that do like something really daring and things that are really stupid because, you know, they're peak puberty, right? And the daily lives of high school boys kind of exemplifies that because I've seen a lot of high school boys in my years being really, really dumb. And sometimes it goes really, really well because it's so unexpected and it's hilarious. And then other times it does not go well. But either way, it's entertainment. So watching the daily lives of high school boys was a nice shot into like my high school experience of being friends with guys and doing a bunch of hijinks. But the one thing I also remembered while watching The Daily Lives of High School Boys is that while it is hilarious and while there's so many different gags, there's also feels like there's not a lot of stakes in the things that they do, which is very different and compared to most Japanese high schools in real life where the stakes into getting into high school is absolutely huge and you know studying, going to cram school, cram school and stuff like that is also really big too. So the daily lives of high school boys feels a little bit too laxadissal in terms of the risk and the things that they have to experience as high school students. Of course, you know, it's not completely, how would you say it? It's not like the, it doesn't encompass the entire experience of the high school, but it does feel like it's not as, um, it's, there's not, a, how, do, how would I say it? It doesn't feel like it's as heavy if that makes sense. Like, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of stakes and risk at hand that they have to study, study really hard each day, but they still have time to kind of, like, do these hijinks mm-hmm. on the Yeah, side, I right? got you. 
Yeah, so that was my experience with Dead Lives of High School Boys. I was like, I really enjoy it for all of the hijinks that they do, but it doesn't feel like there's that risk factor in there. And the other series that I would like to contrast that with would be a college anime, surprisingly. And I had originally read the manga first before I watched the anime. It was called Grand Blue. Oh, which you watched that one. The okay. entire idiot. I did. It combines the entire idiocy that you have in high school but you put it in a college setting that has more stakes. Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of uh, go over that in a little bit. So in the daily lives of high school boys and a lot of other Japanese high schools, a type of animes, you rarely see the characters cheat. Cheating is like not a thing, but it's probably because cheating is very, like, very frowned upon in uh, high schools because, you know, it can go in your record, you won't get into college, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't really exemplify that feeling of there are people who will do what they need to do to achieve better, right? Versus in Grand Blue, there is an entire segment in Grand Blue where the characters are just sitting down. They're like, oh God, we have to take a remedial lesson for German. And if I fail this class, that's a lot of money going down the drain. I, I think my it's the money part. Yeah, I, I was just about to anything. say, it's a, it's a yeah, risk it's because the money college part. is a massive risk. <laughs> It's a massive risk. It's very expensive. And so the characters are sitting down. It's a group of friends and the main character. And they're like, okay, we don't know anything about German. We can hardly study. Our professor is super obtrusive. He doesn't explain anything. How are we going to ace this test? And they all sit down. They're like, okay, we're going to cheat. So on the day of the test that they arrive, every single person has a method to cheat. Some person will have answers like on a water bottle. Some person will have answers underneath a hat. Or some people will have answers like in a note that they slip underneath their jacket. And the entire episode segment is them trying to like sneak in answers on the exam but failing to do so. And other segments would be like the professor saying, okay, I see that you guys are struggling on the test. Fine, I will give you guys a, um, a free pass if you can... Uh, if you can answer this question, I'll give you like a couple extra kind of points. And it would be like super obscure questions from, let's say, the professor's personal life or something that he randomly says in class and like no one took notes on. And I felt like that was such a huge pressure because that is something that exactly happens in college. There are a lot of kids that cheat and there's a lot of professors that do really weird things on exams that you look at your paper, you're like, oh my God, I am going to fail this class. <laughs> so Grand Blue kind of gave me that slap in the face of this is kind of like what real life looks like, especially like college anime, and that it carries a lot more stakes than even high school anime, I would say. You know what's really funny is I actually did know a lot of cheating in high school, but that's because I was in like one of those really competitive programs where it's like all the smart kids are together is essentially what it is and so grades being as ridiculously important and central to our lives as it was there was a lot of cheating because it feels like your life is over when you're in that program if you don't perform well and um, at the other side of things though now that you know I've been removed from high school for so long Cheating for that just seems so stupid now because ultimately, yeah, like, exactly. Like, when you're talking about grand blue cheating, I'm like that. I I understand because you don't want to lose that money, and that's and whether it's your own or whether it's your parents, like you don't want those thousands of dollars to just flush down the drain. So I understand the desperation of cheating there, and it's a little like weird now, or it's a little insane to me that 
we really thought grades were just that important in college to risk cheating and getting in really, really bad trouble for doing that for something that ultimately doesn't have a lasting effect at all. So, <laughs> right, exactly. So that's why I felt like the stakes, some of the stakes in Grand Blue is higher, even though it has the same kind of idiocy and comedy as the daily lives of high school boy. It just seemed a lot more realistic. Other realistic things that happen in Grand Blue would be like the very classic oolong tea scene, where the um, the club members from the diving club try to coerce their newer members, basically kind of like hazing them to drink. And when they refuse to drink, they try to cheat and deceive them by mixing vodka with um, no. beer and calling it oolong tea uh. and giving it to them. It is a recurring gag. And then other recurring gags would be like, oh, you just drank a lot of alcohol, alcohol. Here, here's some water. And the character takes it, drinks it, and then he tries to set the cup on fire and the liquid starts to <laughs> burst into flames, which is an indication that he had been given alcohol. Oh. And it's like, it's a running gag where they just keep drinking more and more alcohol despite, you know, kind of like teasing each other and stuff like that. But I'm like, that is very exemplary of like college. That That's is like those right parties, is... those very wild like college parties. Exactly. It's one of those big stakes where it's like, do I want to socialize and be cool and drink a lot of alcohol because that's the cool factor of being in college? Or do I not want to die from alcohol poisoning? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's that's why I was like, "Wow, Grand Blue is a very exemplary, um, I guess, example of what college actually looks like." And it pales, and like high school anime just pale in comparison. At the, after so, uh, so I have two notes I want to talk about uh, based on everything you said. So sure, going go back to just about uh, Daily Life's High School Boy, where you talked about the absolute lunacy that teenagers will get through their heads around that time. It actually reminded me, so there is a YouTube series I watch, and essentially it's these two guys who watch movies, and one of them is a therapist, and another one of them is a movie, like, filmmaker. And uh, they, they're really close friends, but essentially the therapist will impart some really great therapy sessions, essentially, by examining these movie scenes. And one movie in particular they talked about was they said in high school that's the really the only time you have a moment where you can feel the sort of freedom and invincibility that you will never feel again. Like before that you don't feel it and after that you don't feel it. But only in high school you kind of feel that, which makes me think of that lunacy. And one of them even shared that he almost set a mountain on fire. <laughs> like he went out and fooled around with his friends with like fireworks or something and they caught something on fire but they did put it out responsibly but in that moment when they like had the fire and they put it out he said he had that motive moment of like yes i am invincible and it really makes me think back to what you're saying how like there is a lot of lunacy in a uh, high school that you know that it's just kind of insane that you know you're you can you feel like you can do that and it, uh, so I, I was just pulling that to real life as well and how it's actually accurate. Um, the second point I had was something you mentioned that I thought was really accurate is that this is actually why I would have liked it if possible if we could have had a three-way comparison of high school versus college work versus workplace because I do think college is a different experience because college is that very niche area in your life where the dramaticism of high school is still 
there added with more maturity responsibility of work life you know what I mean like it's just a different feel and yeah and so like what you were saying with Grand Blues like they do have that high school element part in it while on top of the fact that the thing that the stakes are higher they're also you know learning and growing and becoming more mature and responsible I'm like that that is why actually I would have liked it if we could have done a three-way comparison unfortunately we just can't in this regard but I think that perfectly illustrates that fact as well so yeah for sure for sure yeah did you watch any of the shows I mentioned Isabel by any chance I haven't but I would like to definitely especially grand blue because it, it sounds pretty crazy and it's part it's part of college that i would like to see what you know what <laughs> what they might be doing and ha- compare that to you know my college experience as well um i definitely related to the part that you said where you know they have to cheat because this is the only <laughs> way they're going to pass the class because i felt that for real too i'm like and then not only that the professor is like i just rem- it just gave me like flashbacks too <laughs> This one professor where I he came, I went to class and the first thing he did was like, okay, guys, did you guys read the book? What questions do you have for me today? This will decide the lecture. He wasn't lecturing about anything. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. That's a horrible. Oh, no. It was really bad. Like that setup, that was the first class in the series. And I was like, this is, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I was done. I had to retake that class. It was really bad. Yeah, because oh, no. I learned nothing what in that What subject class. was it? It was organic chemistry. Ew, no! Yeah. Oh, God, I'm so glad no. I, I said bye to those <laughs> classes in college. I have massive PTSD from OCAB. Oh, my God. Oh, you do? No, wait. Oh, my God. Yeah, OCAB is I a think, nightmare. I, I, okay. Oh, I don't know how actual OCHEMists, like, actually do it. It's It's a nightmare. I don't know. I I couldn't. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, this is the first time in the class I had ever seen like people actually get zeros. Oh my god! Like, this is possible. No, yeah. yeah. I was like, I could. I mean, I did pretty bad, but I a zero. Like, what what's going on? I don't know. It's, it's just lost. Yeah. <laughs> like all the all the what was it in my school? We had a bunch of bio like honors kids that were there so like honors and regular kids were like usually separated and uh-huh. all the honors kids were doing really well with their bio classes because it's bio for the most part you just memorize a lot of stuff and then the moment they hit ochem all the honors kids were immediately like leveled out with all the rest of the general ed kids because ochem was that <laughs> hard and everyone was just struggling through quarter two and three. Oh gosh i'm so glad i peaced out of science <laughs> Good job. I wish yeah. I'd done the same too. Same. <laughs> I mean, not that business is <laughs> any better. I, business major gave me a huge rude awakening on the fact that basically not many people are empathetic <laughs> when you major in business. I, You guys think I'm joking, but I'm not because we actually did. a So, uh, so part of business uh, classes is you do have to learn a bit about psychology. Understandable because you're uh, if you're, you know, getting involved in business, you're probably going to manage people and psychology is actually very important especially in things like marketing and so I distinctly remember in one of my management classes we took a test that uh, it was the big five personality test but essentially it scored what percentile you are in in the general population in regards to five elements and one of them was empathy or specifically like the definition was basically empathy and I remember very distinctly that I had 
scored very high on that, which did not surprise me at all. Like that was sort of the score I was expecting. But what shocked me more was when we pulled our results and they revealed it on screen. The average of everyone in my class for empathy was a whopping 20 (laughs) percent. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that really shocked me because I was not expecting a 20 percent percentile like lowness for empathy of all things in a business major class and and I the other thought I had was I I was thinking to myself and I told my friend this as well I was like well he uh so my friend he scored 50 percent which I actually expected he is very much smack dab in the middle in regards to empathy but he uh, but I told him I was like I scored ridiculously high so that either means that I'm just the only person in that class who scored ridiculously high or there are a few other individuals who did score very high, but there are just so much more who scored very, very low. So, yeah. Oh, because was it based on a bell curve for that? No. So, or? well, yes, kind of. Well, no, basically there is. So 50% means you're in the average group of people. So most people are in the 50 to or 40 to 60% range of empathy. So 50%. Uh, 50% smack dab means that you can really empathize with people in experiences that you have had experience about before, but you have a little harder time uh, understanding or empathizing when you haven't had that experience, which is normal. That's just human nature. There's no issue with that fact. And so, uh, so normally people score around the 40 to 60, you know, on average. So kind of like a bell curve, like you were saying, on average, most people would be a little more empathetic than the 50% or a little less empathetic than the 50%. So the fact that the entire class's score when like pulled together and averaged out was only 20%, that means there are some people who are really, really low on the empathy scale. <laughs> I see. Okay. That that makes more sense. With yeah. This Thank you. But that was a rude awakening for me. I was just like, I, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> in this regard. So... <laughs> Uh, anyway, we kind of got off topic there. Did you have another anime you wanted to highlight, Agnes, or are you ready to move on? <laughs> uh, I have another uh, anime to highlight, but it's not related to the other two, so I can just do it as more of a shout-out at the end. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, then I guess in that case, it's my turn. So in, I actually had a lot of fun with this topic. I, I spent several nights actually thinking about it because I had an anime that I could easily choose for high school versus uh, workplace. I say workplace because uh, I think Run With The Wind is actually the only college anime I've seen. And so, you know, it's not really enough for me to it's not really enough for me to go into a full blown like compare and contrast per se in that regard. And so I so I had a lot of fun trying to decide between my workplace anime and my high school anime. And I ultimately decided that the thing that stood out to me that was different in regards to this different uh, stages of life and stories is how relationships are portrayed, specifically romantic relationships. And to give an example of that is I think the thing in high school relationship that only high school anime could capture is the messiness of discovering what you want and who you want and who you are into. And I know that is torture to certain people, but that is such a very important aspect of your life that I do think needs to be told 
and needs to be seen as in regards to if you do mess up, it doesn't mean it's a failure. And here is an obvious example of that because there's so many stories that show how messy and how confusing it can be. And that really can't be captured anymore in adult relationships for the simple reason that your brain has matured. And uh, to add a little bit of psychological background to this, um, forgive me for that, but around college years is when the part of your brain that is about your identity starts to really, really develop. And when people finish developing tends to be a range, obviously, but I think majority will be finished by the age of 25. But college years is where you're really starting to find a root of who you are and what you are and what you want to do. And so because of that, relationships starting from college years and onwards tend to be a lot more upfront. They're very direct. There isn't a lot of drama going on and stuff because people know what they want and they just have it laid out in front of them. But in high school, that isn't the case. You are you don't really know who you are yourself yet in high school. So because of that, you don't really know what you want in a relationship. And that messiness can actually be quite beautiful, in my opinion. And one of the anime that portrays that is Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. Have any of you two seen that one? <laughs> I read your review for it, so but okay. I have not seen it myself. No, yeah, I okay. haven't seen it so, either. So first of all, it isn't perfect. There are certain elements of it that I don't like, but there is a certain element of it that I did really, really like. Is the so there is a love triangle happening between um, in O Maidens and your Savage season. And basically what we have is a group of girls who are slowly coming to terms of their sexuality and realizing that, you know, they are interested in sex. And so we have uh, Kazusa, who is the main character. And then there's Izumi, who is the guy. And there is Nina, who is Kazusa's uh, friend, who unfortunately had a bit of a grooming incident that I will like skip over because that will take too long to explain it. So, uh, but basically what happened was at the middle point of the series, uh, Kazusa and Izumi, who were child, who are childhood friends, they realized they had feelings for each other and they started dating. And Nina, who is dealing with her own internal struggles of sexuality and Specifically, she is more overtly sexual, be probably to do with the fact that she was groomed as a child. At one point, she did get away, but uh, a lot of people who are victims of, you know, sexual grooming and sexual assault tend to go through a phase of time where they are extremely sexual in, a, in an attempt to feel more control over their bodies. And so, uh, specifically, uh, Nina started to also be interested in Izumi because Izumi doesn't seem to see her for her body like everyone else did when she has been growing up. And so because of that, at one point when Nina was with Izumi, I forgot what they were doing, but it wasn't anything suspicious or anything like that. See, she essentially did something against his consent, which is she said that a guy was groping her. And so he basically was like, you know, where is the guy? I'll like force his hand away and stuff like that. And so she grabbed his hand and put his hand on her butt, which obviously shocked him a lot. But The other thing that really shook him about this is that he could not deny that he felt physically turned on by that. And it left him really confused and conflicted because at the end of that, he was like, I'm with Kazusa, who is the girl that I chose to be with, who is the girl that I want to be my girlfriend. So shouldn't that mean I shouldn't be capable of feeling turned on by another girl? Like, does this mean I'm cheating and stuff like that? 
Obviously, the answer is no, he's not cheating. This was done against his will in the first place. And second of all, you know, as adults, we know that sexual and, you know, romantic feelings are different. Even though oftentimes in relationships they are entwined, they are ultimately different things. You can absolutely be turned on by someone while not being romantically interested in them at all. But he doesn't know that, and he's a high schooler, and that really caused a lot of questions and, you know, confusion for him because he totally thought they were supposed to be combined together. And there was a very thoughtful scene where he calls Kazuza afterwards and even, you know, tells her that he does love her and, and you know, just to reaffirm his feelings, but also trying to make do with the fact that he did still feel turned on when he touched another girl, I'll bet, once again against his will. And that's just not something that you can capture in an adult relationship in any sort of anime in regards to taking place in college or um, taking place in college or workplace. This is strictly something that only a teenager would struggle with and struggle with learning and struggle with understanding. But it's a very important part of life that needs to be understood and needs to be told. And so that's why um, Omadians in Your Savage Season taking place in high school was really important and that is a positive part of the high school setting that simply just can't be replicated in um sort of adult life uh, uh stories as well did i uh, did that make sense <laughs> i definitely think so yeah a lot of high schoolers that i know had their first quote-unquote like sexual awakening in high school and less of that in college in college it's a lot more of the exploration part Providing the fact that you've either had sex or had awakened sexual awareness when you were in high school. So college is kind of like like kind of like diving down deep into the water where high school is like you're barely skimming the surface. And I think that is a really good point that you have because, you know, the, the teenage brain doesn't quite mature. For girls, at least, it's already quite matured further than high school. But for guys, it's a very different type of feeling like it usually takes place like when they're Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and so i so i did think that part was really riveting in omedias in your savage season and you know that is as messy as it is a beautiful part of growing up that you have to figure out and learn and you know once again it just cannot take place in one where the characters are in college or at work already that has to that type of story has to and only can take place in college i mean sorry in high school so Uh, So that's like my first comparing, continuing the comparing. So uh, with that being said, though, I do ultimately prefer romantic relationships to in um, in college and in workplaces simply because there is less drama and it is a lot more straightforward. And you will notice, uh, at least for me, when I, I actually drafted up like lists of, you know, relationships of adults and relationships of teenagers and The relationships when it comes to adults is that they're either very funny over very small mundane things and there isn't really that much fights and if there is they get resolved very very quickly usually within the episode or it's about sort of the outside factors that could contribute to relationship struggles not so much internally that's what's happening inside and I and that is more complicated and probably it's because I am at that stage now that I relate to it more but it is also more relaxing because of that fact there isn't any sort there isn't as much sort of insecurity of like you know your boyfriend is hanging out with another girl no like they don't really have that kind of insecurity anymore it's usually something else is in the way that is beyond their control but unfortunately something they 
have to face. And you see that really clearly between two anime. Um, one of them is obviously Wotakoi. I'm actually surprised no one has talked about that one yet. But uh, Wotakoi's relationship, if you think about it, is actually quite straightforward. It's very funny, but it's straightforward. Hanako and, um, oh gosh, uh, Kabakura. Hanako and Kabakura, they... Fight. They're an old married couple. They fight and they always resolve it within the episode itself because they just don't have time to let fights linger. And adult relationships that work very well are the types that are like, you know, we can't let a fight linger if we either let it go or we talk it out. And then with when it comes to uh, Hirotaka and Narumi, who started a relationship, their relationship doesn't really have that much drama between them either. It's just very, very funny. And they're actually quite direct with each other as well. And I think it has to do with the fact that when you become a working adult, you realize so many other things matter that the small things that would have caused drama just seem so pointless that you don't really engage in it anymore. But it makes for a much more relaxed and uh, I well, I think a happier sort of relationship to watch and follow because it's cute and it's funny and it's simple and you're not frustrated and wanting to scream at the characters, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, Wotakoi is a funnier one. And then another example I have really quickly is Salaryman's Club. Uh, so this one, this is a very small arc, but there was a very pivotal uh, romantic relationship. It was between, oh gosh, I forgot his name because I'm terrible with character names, but he's the only one who has a wife and has a son. And specifically, you know, that relationship was also very straightforward. It was very romantic, but it was very straightforward. He made a lot of sacrifices for his wife to make sure his wife can succeed because he doesn't want her to give up give up her dreams simply because she became a mother and he doesn't want her to give up you know what she wants to do which means that he has to pull more more of the work because she's trying to become a writer which uh, you know is harder to accomplish than saying have a normal salary at a salary office man and so he ends up you know he ends up giving up some of his passions so he has time to look after their kid so that she can properly you know still engage with and pursue what she actually wants to do and then because they are a healthy and loving relationship they switch that responsibility in the anime the um you know his wife has started to succeed as a writer and she now has the time to relax more look after the kid and so she's like it's your turn dad like or you know they because you know when when uh I, well I don't know about your parents actually but at least with my parents when you know you have kids and you're married you start calling like you know this person's dad this person's mom and so or your child's dad your child's mom and so uh basically she was like you know it's your turn dad you know our child's dad uh to start pursuing your passion which in this case was badminton which he had really loved it's like go ahead and do that because you already put in the work to make sure I succeed so now it's my turn to put in the work to make you succeed and it's it's just such a mutual partnership no drama very clear this one obviously wasn't as funny but it is very romantic in a very soft and subtle way that I really like and kind of prefer in my romantic relationships now when I'm watching so uh so that's a big difference in regards to the high school versus sort of adult uh relationship stories they tell very different types of stories and they're both very important but as of now because of the stage of life I'm in I seem to prefer one over the other so yeah that's sort of my compare and contrast of these two I'm curious to hear you know what are your thoughts about you know the sort of relationships between high school and uh, adult portrayal in anime 
Yeah, I definitely like the portrayals in Wotakoi, at least. I had seen that one. I haven't seen Salary Man's Club, but yeah, that happily relationship, kind of like the little things, and not only that, being more straightforward with asking them to be in a relationship and things like that. And like you said, whereas if I'm watching a high school anime, I'm just kind of, I may be screaming at them. <laughs> yes. And Sounds have, about right, yeah. And we have to entertain the idea, or like, I feel like their imaginations kind of go wild, and the whole anime can be about that, which is fine. Like, I feel like if I probably, I can relate to that if I were still in high school, because I think I had a lot of questions in my head, or not only that, I wanted to get views about other people's relationships in school, like, oh, how did this happen, and things like that, or if you're asking someone out to prom, right, my imagination goes crazy. At that point, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a couple, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, it feels kind of funny because if you ask someone else, someone out, then I think you guys are a thing now, mm-hmm. right? So I, yeah, I didn't understand that, but now that you do, it's like, like you said, you know, as an as an older adult, you know what you want, and you've been probably in relationships before, maybe, so you know exactly what to expect. So other factors are more important, real life factors, rather than imagining what's going on or just like being curious about what relationships are like which is what i feel is more prevalent in high school anime at least but yeah those are my thoughts what about you agnes i also agree i i originally didn't pick Koi because i'm like someone's either going to take it or it's like an overly talked about anime on this uh podcast so i tried to do something that wasn't Koi, but i definitely do agree that Koi is such a nice spot because it really shows how Although relationships are much more calm, they're expected to be more understanding and you feel a lot more at peace with them than compared to like, you know, a high school anime or like you take the prime example of Kaguya-sama where they just kind of sit there, they try to try to plot schemes, they're trying to make other people confess to the other. Those are like true high schooler. Like, yeah, and don't forget there. Rosalie who oh, like, joined us last week. You know, she said she related to them and she is in high school. Yeah, yeah that's a... Ver- yeah, that is a very high school notion versus like when you're in college or when you're working and you finally kind of settle down with the idea like, oh, I want to be together with somebody, maybe temporary or maybe forever. It winds down to more mundane, but very mm-hmm. appreciable things because life outside of your relationship is a lot more hectic than you think. And you don't want a relationship that gives you more headache than the world outside of you, whether it's like work, family obligations or whatnot. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Yeah, so alrighty then. Well, that really sums up my uh, comparison between the high school and the uh, college and work. Mine is more workplace because obviously I've only seen one college anime, unfortunately. But but yeah, so that is what I have prepared. What was the one you wanted to like sort of do a shout out on? I wanted to do a shout out for something that didn't really quite fit into high school anime or college anime or anime that's related to work but doesn't have a tie to college because i think in wotokoi a lot of the characters in there have at least some mm. sort of degree to yeah. be mm. salarymen and the same thing goes for mm-hmm. a salaryman club right they all have to have graduated from somewhere and the one anime that i wanted to highlight where these characters are in their like early 20s but they're working and in a different sphere would be the show Nana, which I've been currently binge watching. Nana is with a lot so of my other good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, we all sit here, we're like, man, 
Nana was the time that it was shown during our our high school years, and we we're like, wow, we want to be cool like Nana. We want to be edgy. And then when we become adults, we're like, oh my god, we understand what everybody and Nana is going through from the fact that you know they're penniless, mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of money, they're trying to make it big as you know like indie rock stars. Um, in their middle of their 20s they're grappling for promotions sales and then they have the whole romantic bust between people who have just you know barely exited college or had barely like exited of high school and trying to figure out like is their romance good is it toxic is it not toxic and then dealing with the fact that what was it like Hachi for instance uh, the, one of the, the co-main characters of Nana came out of a fairly poor art school she chased after her friends because they went to a bigger art school in tokyo and when she couldn't get in she tried to do a lot of odd jobs on the side to keep her afloat and she had to learn like how to pay her rent and actually even in the first episode of the second i think the second or third episode of nana she meets the actual nana and they have to they kind of get into a fight figuring out how much they have to pay for rent and if they were going to split the room in addition to that. And I was like, that is a very realistic thing to do when you have to figure out that you have to take up roommates because cost is very expensive, especially for the location that they chose too. They didn't choose a conventional Japanese apartment, like a like a one studio apartment where there's like only enough space to put down your futon and a bathroom and a small kitchenette. It's like a legitimately sized condo in a Western style apartment, which is very expensive in Tokyo too. So I was like, wow, this is a true kind of working adult class anime, but it's not quite the same realm as college working corporate anime, and it's not quite high school anime too. So that was one of my shout outs for this No, uh, no, that's great. Um, So you mentioned like, you're right, our feelings towards Nana changes as we grow older, as high schoolers, you know. They're they're the one they're the girls we want to be, and then as as like adults, we're like, oh, you poor sweet summer children, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like Nana is so absurdly dark. You just stare at all the characters. You're like, oh my god, it's the it's the it's the way how we when like you know how Isabel was talking about. There's like a lot of drama in that high school, and all those characters have that because they still are like kind of in that arrested development, but at the same time, there's a huge heavy risk and stakes in Nana that you can see like uh, that is on a whole different level compared to like Wotokoi or like Grand Blue for instance yeah for sure well I think that's an excellent way to end this episode honestly because that is an important part of adulthood that isn't touched upon and you are correct when we think about adulthood and a lot of the adult anime including the ones that are working it has something to do with a college degree and Absolutely. Part of adulthood includes stuff without a college degree. And Nana is very important for that. Also, it's just an excellent piece of work. Like, it's just a really, really good anime. Even though it's like, you know, old animation style, you know, the there's a lot of soul and care Mm -hmm. put into Nana to really convey and accurately convey like how messy romantic feelings are and how messy it is trying to sort out, you know, your public image versus like your private image. And then also just being an adult, you know, there are only very few characters in Nana who are actual adults versus everybody else is like trying to find a place for themselves. Yeah, well, okay. Summary is everyone please watch Nana. And I do mean that sincerely. It is really, 
<laughs> it's Agreed. a wonderful, wonderful anime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Isabel, uh, what did you want to say? I want to rewatch it now that Agnes has mentioned it. Yeah, rewatch it. Rewatch <laughs> it. I spent the last couple weeks with my friends. We tried to schedule like every Sunday to sit down and binge watch like a portion of Nana because one of us has not watched it yet. Oh. And my friend and I, we would be like texting on the side. And we were like, she doesn't know. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> but yeah, Nana's a great watch it if you can or binge watch it if you can. It's a ride from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed our compare and contrast. This was a very fun topic for me and it seems like for the other girls as well. So hopefully it was fun for you guys to listen to. And I hope you will be back with us next time when we have another fun topic here on Girl Taku. So thank you everyone for listening. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.